2: From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Music.
0: Good morning, entrepreneurs. You're listening to CEO Coach, and I'm Jillian Music, President and Co-Founder of SEOMoz, the world's largest provider of SEO software and data, creators of Linkscape, which powers hundreds of third-party SEO, SEM tools and services, and serving a community of close to a quarter of a million search marketers. But that's not where we started. With more than a quarter of a century of experience in entrepreneurship, from sole proprietorship to partnerships and corporations, I'm delighted to share insights, tips, and information about which I've said over the years, I would have given my left arm to have known that, and I promised myself someday I would share these insights with those who needed them. So today, it's a pleasure to partner with Webmaster Radio to bring you the inside scoop on many issues that can make or break your company. Welcome to CEO Coach. Today, I'd like to talk about the process of sole proprietor entrepreneurship and the idea of firing your clients. I spend a lot of my time these days serving on boards of advisors for a number of companies around the world. These companies range from individuals to maybe 20 to 30 people on team, some a few, a little bit more. Many of them have issues with clients that work very well and other clients, and if you are an entrepreneur, you know what I'm talking about, clients who would be better described as client wannabes. They want to be a client, but they really can't afford it. They tend to drag down your income. They tend to drag out the number of hours you're working. And the smaller the payment from the client, it seems the larger the number of hours they can suck out of you. So I counsel you, make a list of all of the clients you've got in the order of profitability profitability is an interesting structure here what you want to say is which clients do i like to work with put those at the top now put out how much money they bring into you either by the project by the year even by the month if you have a monthly retainer however you want to put that out now take stock of whether you have a whole bunch of clients at the bottom say bottom four maybe bottom ten if you've got a large list of clients but let's focus on four Take the bottom four and say, these are the guys that I don't like to work with. I don't really like to pick up the phone when I know they're calling. I'm a little exasperated when they send me more emails. They're not doing what I'm counseling, and so it's not working well for them. They suck my time, and they don't pay very much money. What would happen to your schedule if you fired those four clients? I can tell you. Things get a whole lot more productive. It opens you up to close new deals often better deals, and it opens you up to serve the ones who are already paying you well, working well with you, and create good case studies for your business. So here's what I'm going to counsel. Fire your bottom four clients. The funny thing is that when you do, you will not be out of money. It's a leap of faith here, you know. You're not going to be out of money. You're going to find yourself immediately able to close better business. The other thing that's going to be amusing is these clients that you're about to fire, they're going to want to stay. Some of them will be quite puffy about it. They'll get on the phone with you and say, what? You're not going to work with me anymore. You're firing me. And you're going to have to come up with something gentle to say. You don't want to say, yeah, I'm firing you. What you're going to say is, I'm so sorry. We're just not a good match for every project. And I've noticed as I've reviewed our project list this year, that we haven't been as effective as we might have been with your firm. I can suggest, and then you recommend somebody. So, we get to the second point on this. Always maintain a list of colleagues in your industry whom you don't think of as competitors, but whom you think of as the folks that you can recommend these clients to. These clients are not bad clients, necessarily. They are bad clients for you. You can't reach all people, and you can't serve everybody. What you can do is serve the ones that you're serving well, even better, and you can recommend the other ones to people who will be forever grateful for having gotten business from you. So the hot tip is fire your bottom four clients and get this, do it every six months or at the very latest once a year. If you fire your bottom four clients every year, you continue to improve the quality of the clients that you have. And continue to increase the amounts you're charging, the size and the scope of the projects you're doing, and continue to grow. Always let the bottom four go. That's the first hot tip of the day. The second hot tip I want to talk about today has to do with keeping that list of referrals. There was a client I worked with many years ago. Name was Avatar Financial Group. Great folks. They were hard money commercial bridge lenders. That means they did secondary type mortgages for commercial properties. They had a gal at the front desk who would answer the phone, and because the scope of the kind of loans this company offered was very particular, she would often get folks on the phone, brokers around the country, who would ask her to lend on things that were not within the scope of Avatar's lending group. However, I could not train this young lady to get information from the person calling, get the guy's name, his email address, a phone number, and perhaps even the kinds of work that he did. She would only say, sorry, we don't do that, and hang up. It was absolutely awful. The most valuable stuff she could have done was collect just a tiny piece of information Maybe even find out the name of his dog or his wife or the fact that his children were in softball or who knows what. Make a connection with the guy because next week that guy might have a deal which Avatar could have closed. Just because he was coming to them with a deal that wasn't quite perfect now doesn't mean it wasn't quite perfect later. So for a while, I actually answered their phone as if I were their receptionist in order to train this young lady how to do it. I answered the phone, I'd make friends with whoever was on the other side, and I would find out what was going on. And after a while, I realized that I could refer other hard money lenders whenever these folks called, and I did. I'd say, you know, that's not an exact match for Avatar Financial Group. We're not a good match for your project today. But I know somebody who can do it. And I would open up this book called... uh, Let's see, the Scotsman, it was called. It just happens to be kind of the Bible of the hard money commercial lending business. I would open that book, and I would find who could do the kind of loan these folks were doing. And after a very short period of time, literally within about two to three months, Avatar Financial Group became known as the place you called first. Everybody in the country was calling Avatar first, because if they couldn't do your loan, they'd tell you who could. They were doing broker's work for them. And that was me. Finally, I taught this gal how to do it. And Avatar maintained that reputation. Do you know what that means? It means that Avatar Financial Group got first pick of the litter. It got the cream of the crop on every single loan in the country that was really worth doing. They could decide whether they wanted to close a loan or refer it out. And everybody else took second seat. I'm counseling you to do the same thing. Make sure that people know that if it isn't the kind of project you can do, that you are a wealth of information, a resource for things that they can learn out in the big wide world, places they can read things and places they can learn to do stuff on their own or other companies who can serve their needs. If you're known as the resource, everybody else takes second seat. Thanks again for joining us. My name is Jillian Music. You're listening to CEO Coach. We'll be back right after this commercial break, and we'll be talking about how to determine who your best clients are.
2: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
1: Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what The Jar Group is all about. The Jar Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The Jar Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how The Jar Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The Jar Group, online marketing with measurable results AdMedia media tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage admedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions learn everything ad media can do for you today sign up at admedia.com ad media strong roi made simple
2: what is this why is my website not ranking higher well, sounds like you could use a link building report from seofox.com what's that <laughs> Sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's s e o f o x . c o m. The Jerry Abrams show. Tuesdays at 6 p m Eastern, 3 p m Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with jelly and music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: This is Jillian Music, your host of CEO Coach. Today, we're talking about clients, when to hire them, and when to fire them. Now, that might seem a bit of an anomaly, but in truth, we choose our clients just as they choose us. Often, there's a knee-jerk reaction when you're just starting out. To take any and all clients. You're just so thrilled. You know the stages of uh, getting a new client. First is euphoria, and the second is panic. How the heck are we going to do this? But sooner or later, you get into the group of things and you just figure out how to get it all done. After a while, as we talked about in our first segment, you find that there's a list of clients you could order by how valuable they are to your company and how much pleasure you get out of working with them. And you can see those on the bottom. The bottom four should go every six months. So again, our first tip is fire your bottom four clients every six months. The next piece was what to do with those four clients. And of course, the answer is never give away your clients, even those that call that you're not going to serve. Always refer them to someone else. Be known as a company that is happy to do so and as a resource for people looking for this kind of work. All that's great. Now the question is, how is it do you sort your client list in order to determine who your best clients are so that you know what kind of clientele to go after next. Once you've opened your schedule by firing your bottom four clients, you've got space to serve somebody new who can be more profitable. It might be that you don't get four new clients. It might be that you get two new clients. So let's take a look at how you do that. The first thing that we do down at SEO Moz is a little surprising. We don't necessarily say who brings us the most money. What we do say is, who do we really like to work with? In the end, it turns out that the folks you really enjoy working with are almost always the most profitable as well. Now, we may have a pro bono account here and there that each one of us enjoys working with, and we know they're not going to bring us a great deal of money, but they're dear folk, and we just want to help them out. That's great. I would counsel that unless you have money in your pocket, you cannot give anything away. So make sure your bottom line is taken care of, and then continue to work with the dear old folks that you like to work with who are really pro bono. But in general, you're going to find that the most valuable customers are also the ones you enjoy working with best. So find out what the enjoyability factor is first, then tack on the amount that they're bringing you, and then find out in the first, say, top five or ten clients, is there more that you could sell this client? You know the old saying from, gosh, in the days of Mandino or Napoleon Hill, there are only three ways to make money. Sell what you've got, sell more of it, or sell it to more people. So let's see if you can sell more of it to the same people that you're already working with. Now, if that's not a possibility or just not wise at the moment, and you'll know, then take a look and see who's similar. Are you doing really well in the healthcare industry? How about the real estate industry? How about shipping in marine lines? Or how about looking at an industry that you've never looked at before? If you're doing well in some kind of industrial sector or some kind of service sector, you might want to take a look at other service sectors or other industrial sectors and say, gee, I've done well in you know, shipping lines. Maybe I could do well in airlines. I've done well with restaurants. Perhaps I can do something with other forms of retail. So those kinds of things make sense. Once you've determined which sector of the market you're going to go after, offer the same kinds of services that you're doing really well with for your top clients now. So, again, you want to take a look at who you really like to work with. See if you can sell them more. Then take a look at who else you might serve that's similar to your very best clients. Identify those in the market and pitch them with the same kinds of services that you're already offering to your best clients. Naturally, that gives you an edge. It means that you can go to these new potential clients with an excellent case study, preferably several excellent case studies. Case studies are some of the most valuable things you can use when making a sale. And it reminds you of why you like to work with those clients, why it's valuable to them, and why you can collect the kind of cash that you're charging. It makes you worthwhile because it's a success all around. One of the things I've noticed as I considered working, well, when I was doing entrepreneurship as a sole proprietor, as a consultant, an individual consultant, was that as I described the kind of work I was doing, I would get most excited when I had a really good case study. But I did not create formalized case studies in print media or later on the web for a long time. That was a big mistake. I would counsel you every time you do a job for a client that worked really well. If you have a small organization, get your marketing manager to make that case study. If you're doing it on your own, take a few minutes to write your own thoughts down about why this project worked. It might work well. What were the highlights? What really made it valuable to your customer? And then why you would mention that again to a new potential customer. So interestingly, I'd say one of the best tips I can give you is something that I didn't do myself, something I do nowadays, and that really does make a difference. When you're doing things like a case study for a new client, don't get bogged down on it. Stay focused on what made it valuable to the client, just the takeaways that made them money, always the bottom line. As you're focusing on these things, you want to be able to uh, move towards the bottom line advantage for your new potential customer. If you can translate why what worked for the other guys is going to work for the new guys, you'll be worth a whole lot more money than if you're unable to make that equation. Again, this is Jillian Music. You're listening to CEO Coach. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about what to charge and how to be worth the money you're about to charge.
2: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadaLogic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, Campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher thanks to Revenue Wire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Did you know?
0: 99 Designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet.
2: Did you know?
0: 99 Designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you.
2: Did you know?
0: 99 Designs allows you to post projects for logo design, webpage design, t-shirt design, and more.
2: Did you know?
0: 99 Designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set.
2: 99 Designs. When designers compete, you win. Maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of Cirque, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: And welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm your host, Jillian Musick. You can catch new episodes of CEO Coach. You can download this and all episodes of CEO Coach at webmasterradio.fm or look for us under the Internet Marketing Channel. Or you can find us in iTunes. For this last segment, we're going to talk about charging what you're worth. I had a friend who told me many years ago, you cannot charge more for something than what you think Often, when I hear people bemoaning the fact that they're having trouble selling their product at a price that they can live with, in other words, that they can make enough money to survive on, I find that they don't believe that the value of their own service is worth enough to charge an appropriate sum. Many people look at the physical amount of money it takes to do a project. For example, it will take $10,000 worth of actual paid advertising to pay to Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever. And it will take 15 minutes of my time to set up the account and another 20 minutes to set the day parting and who knows what the little bit of tweaking we want to do here or there over the next week. And then this thing is going to run and it will take, quote, very little of my time. I hear it again and again. What they think is that they can only charge an hour worth of their own time, and they only set their time at a reasonably low rate per hour, because after all, it's easy to set up these accounts, and then they wonder why they can't make a living. I would counsel that the value of your work is not what you spent in terms of time, But as a matter of fact, it might be exactly the opposite. For example, if I get somebody to come clean my house, I'm willing to pay, I don't know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 150, whatever the going rate is, right? And I'm willing to pay more if they can do it more quickly. Not if they do a shoddy job and just walk out the door, but if they can do the same job and do it more quickly, I'm willing to actually pay more. That's less intrusion on my life. In the same manner, if I'm going to ask you to set up an account uh, for a pay-per-click uh, uh, you know, initiative, and you're going to take an entire week to get that thing going, I'll pay you X. But if you could get it up and running and really optimized and ready to roll and making me money in only two or three days, I'd pay you more. And if you could do it in a couple of hours, I'd pay you even more because I'd be making money sooner. So thinking of your value in terms of the number of hours you spend or whether or not it's easy for you, is shooting yourself in the foot. If that's what you're doing today, consider what the value of your work is to your customer. How much money are they going to make with it? If I send Rand Fishkin out to speak to somebody in a corporate office, as we did during the time that we were doing consulting work, SEO must no longer does that, but when I did, Even if I sent him out for $10,000 in a day or $10,000 in an hour, SEOmoz was losing money. Every time the CEO was not focused on what's coming next or how to make our services better, the company loses money. You're the technologist of your own company if you're a sole proprietor, and you're an independent consultant. It's only you. You are your technologist. You are also your business partner. This can be improved later if you can make your business larger and you can get yourself a business partner to go with your technologist personality or a technologist to go with your business personality, whichever. But at the moment, you've got to fill both roles. Every time you as a technologist are not thinking about how to make your business better, how to improve the quality of your customers' accounts, you're losing money. So think about that for your customer now. If you can provide them extraordinary service, and you can do it very, very quickly so they can make more money more quickly, what's the value to them? It isn't the hour you spent. It's the amount of money they're going to make. Now, if I go and send somebody out for $10,000 a day, I say, how can I do that? Or how can I charge $10,000 in an hour for that kind of work? But I know darn well that if I send Rand Fishkin out to some multi-million dollar corporation for one hour and charge them $10,000 for that one hour, they'd be making millions within a week or two. Was it worth it to them? Oh, yeah, it was worth it to them. What's the value to your customer when you go out and either speak for an hour or set up a campaign or launch something that's an advertisement in a traditional paper or magazine or radio station? What is it that you're doing for your customer and what's its value to them? What's a reasonable percentage that they should give to the creator of that initiative? There's another way to think of how to charge your services and how to make a decent living for the effort that you put in. Remember, it's not about the hours you're working. It's about the value to your customer. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. This is Jillian Music on Webmaster Radio, CEO Coach.